be seated. Let me hear you sing that chorus. Marcia, take key. Sing that chorus. Since Jesus came into my heart. Sing it out. Since Jesus came into my heart. Let the joy of my soul like the sea billows Since Jesus came into That's wonderful. That's wonderful. That's the picture of baptism. You're singing the song, since Jesus came into my heart. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for 
changing lives. Thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. And I pray today that even the testimony of believers' baptism would encourage us and remind us of the importance of singing that song every day of our life as we serve you. And it's in your sweet name we pray, amen, amen. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also if anyone competes in athletics, he's not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer must first be the first to partake of the crops and consider what I say and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Amen. What a blessing it is this morning uh, to present two young people who came forward last Sunday, and uh, this is Paige Porter, and uh, her mom and dad, mom is back here with us, and dad is right here on the front row, Greg, stand up, and uh, we praise the Lord for Greg and Heather, and Paige, I want to ask you this question, have you asked Jesus Christ into your heart to be your Lord and Savior? Amen. Amen. On that profession of faith and obedience to his command, I baptize you, my sister, name the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Good job, Paige. Proud of you. Amen. This is Nate Reed, and uh, he's got family back here on the back row. We want them to stand, and you give them a good welcome. Will you do that? <laughs> Amen. You can be seated. And uh, it's been a blessing to get to meet this young guy. He gave his life to Christ a few weeks ago in a worship service, and he also serves in the United States Reserves. Amen. So let's show our appreciation for that. Nate, I ask you the same question. Have you asked Jesus Christ into your heart to be your Lord and Savior? Amen. Well, in that profession of faith and obedience to his command, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Good job, Nate. Proud of you, buddy. Way to go. Way to go. Amen. Let's go ahead and all stand. And I want you to find three people that look grumpy and three people that look happy, okay?
everything that, everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Everything that, everything that, everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Praise you in the morning, praise you in the evening, praise you when I'm young and when I'm Praise you when I'm laughing, praise you when I'm grieving, praise you in every season of the soul. If we could see how much you're worth, your power, your might, your endless love, then surely we would never cease to praise you. Joining with the angels, praising you forever and a day. Praise you on earth now, joining with creation, calling all the nations to your praise. If we could see how much your worth, your power, your might, your endless love, then surely we would never cease to praise you. I will worship you with every breath. I will worship, I will worship, I will worship you with every breath. I will worship, I will worship, I will worship you with every breath. I will worship, I will worship, I will worship you with every breath. to see all of you who are here. Uh, if you're visiting with us, welcome to First Southern. Uh, in your bulletin, you'll find a little welcome handout on the right side, 
And if you'd fill that out for us and deposit them in the boxes by the doors on your way out, we'd love to reach out to you and get to know you a little better. Not many announcements today, but boy, isn't it great to start these services with baptism? I mean, I could get in a habit of that real easy. Uh, and, uh, and so when those services happen, usually Brother Greg and I don't do a whole lot of communication beforehand. But hey, you know what? That's a good trade-off. Baptisms for a little less uh, planning for these announcements. But man, I tell you what, uh, what a great thing to have all these baptisms. And certainly, you are always welcome to let us know if the Lord has led in your life, if you've trusted in him uh, and believed on his name and you are saved, let us know at the end of a service that you'd like to go public with your faith. That's what baptism does. It declares your faith publicly, uh, and that's an important act of obedience in the life of a Christian. Uh, we're also coming off the heels of a wonderful celebration last week. Well, let's give the Lord some praise for what a wonderful uh, service that was. We're so thankful for our pastor and Renee and just what they've done for the church over the years. And you all know so much more than even I do. But even it's just one year for me. I can't even imagine uh, for you all that have that friendship that goes back so far. What a blessing that has been. And we're excited to press on. As we said many times last week, they are not done. And they're going to keep ministering here. So we're thankful for them. Uh, brother, is there any other announcements that I failed to make? All right. Well, then let's ask the Lord to be with us and to worship well to him this morning. He's worthy of our praise. Lord God, we thank you for today. We thank you for the wonderful um, gift of life that you afforded each, each of us this morning to wake up and to have the strength to be here. Lord, I pray for those that didn't have the strength to be here, but maybe they're watching online uh, or, or maybe they don't have access to that. Lord, I pray you'd meet them where they're at in their homes, the shut-in and the afflicted and the sick and the suffering. Lord, be with them. Give them your care. Lord, thank you for uh, this worship service and what we're able to do by coming here, and that is to focus on you, the giver of life, the perfecter of our faith. Lord, the, the reason we're here is because we are not worthy of any good gift, but through your mercy, uh, you sent your only begotten son because you loved us. And so it's because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross that all those who believe have eternal life. And Lord, we pray that we would get encouraged by that message of faith this morning, that we would be resilient in our faith to stand firm in a world that is pushing back ever more against the narrative that we need Jesus. Lord, the brokenness of this world is sometimes crippling. We know what is needed. We need the nations to turn back to you. And so, Lord, I pray that there would be great revival in this country, in this nation, in the world, that they would seek you um, for their salvation, Lord. So that is my prayer. I pray for our message today from Brother Greg, that as he speaks boldly from the word, your spirit would move freely throughout this place, convict a soul here today of their sin, allow them to come forward and yield their life, surrender all for the sake of the kingdom. That is my prayer today. Lord, I pray for our music, that we would sing out, that we would praise you in spirit and in truth, Lord. Be with every single person here today that has brought something in that is burdening them. Lord, allow them to know that you are present through every struggle. You are our rock and refuge, a very present help. And so let them be refreshed through that truth that when we are uh, your child, you will never forsake us, Lord. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're gonna move on to uh, our, song, our singing next, is that right? to go over to my base.
Lord, we thank you for the opportunity that we have today. I pray that our hearts would be good soil to receive the word. We thank you for the living word this morning and ask that uh, I would rightfully divide it. Help, help us to preach with passion. Lord, help me to not say anything that would distract what you want to do today. We praise you for who you are. We lift your name up. Speak to our hearts. In the precious name of Jesus, all of God's people said, amen. You go ahead and be seated. To our guest, I just want to uh, let you know that uh, the month of July, we are inviting our children's church to worship with us. Uh, we, we call it Big Church. And uh, so we've got our kids with us, and we always say this, we think it's a big deal to be in the house of God, amen? It's a big deal. So kids, we are glad you're here today, and we praise the Lord for you. I want you to take your Bible and join me in Exodus chapter 18. Exodus chapter 18. I'm looking forward to the opportunity to begin a new series on the first Sunday in August, and we're gonna travel through the book of John, the Gospel of John. We're gonna just ask the Lord to help us as we look at this great gospel, uh, this personal letter of the life of Jesus and what Jesus meant to John and how the power of God changed his life. And we're looking forward to those times together. Let me ask you a question before we read our text this morning. How many of you have a treadmill at home? Raise your hand. Don't be ashamed. Raise your hand. Okay? Well, we do too. Matter of fact, this is the second one we've ever owned. Years ago, we had one, and I got to the point where I came to Renee and said, Renee, this thing is doing nothing but taking up space. All it's good for is a good hanger for us in the laundry room. Now, not guilting anybody, but if you can relate to me, say amen, okay? That was, that was kind of a weak amen, so I may, be, I may be stepping on some toes here. I'm not sure. Well, we got rid of it, and we were doing just fine, and then the kids got married and moved out, and we became empty nesters, and we began to think about our health again. And she said, Greg, I'd, I'd like for us to maybe get another treadmill. And I protested for a while, but finally gave in, and we did our shopping, Cody, and we found the one we wanted and had it delivered, and, and at first I put it in my study at home, my office at home, and and it was a little cramped, but we were using it just a little bit. And then we moved it into the laundry room. And I'm telling you, as you can tell by my physique, that we have burnt that thing up. I mean, we've been walking. I could have walked from here to Hamilton and back this morning before I got to church. The truth is, it's sitting there operating in the same function as the one we got rid of did. Oh, yeah. I may have gotten this shirt off of that rack today. And, uh, and I thought, oh, man, we, we've done the same thing. But when I think of treadmills, there are some things you have to learn about treadmills. And, and one of them is how to turn it off. People actually get injured on treadmills. And you'll say, well, Brother Greg, it's easy. Uh, you know that it's got that red tag and there's a lanyard that you can put around your wrist and if you were to fall or slip, it'll yank that, that plate off and shut it down. It's a safety mechanism, just like a boat. 
I'm way too cool to put that thing around my wrist. I'm not doing it. Because treadmills, uh, listen, it, it's safe. It's, here's the problem with a treadmill. Once you get on, sometimes it's hard to get off because you don't know how to exit it. Do you turn it off and then step off or, and come to a screeching halt or, or do you grab the rails and pop up and put your feet on the sidebar and then turn it off? And, and folks, listen to me. Some of life's funniest moments involve people trying to get off. Well, I want you to apply this to your spiritual life this morning, that some of us can get stuck on the treadmill of doing. Doing, D-O-I-N-G. And I think that we find the answer in Exodus chapter 18 of how to handle this. I mean, where do I get off? Maybe you're thinking that. Uh, my life is busy. Here's what I've found out about most people. Most people's lives are busy. Whether you go to work tomorrow and hit a clock or perhaps you don't work or you're retired, some of the busiest people in our church are retired folks. Maybe you're here today and you have summer break. Maybe you're, you work a job where you're off this summer and you're thinking, I've got all these plans and here's everything I'm going to do. You're busy. Summer's a good time. It's a good time to slow down, isn't it? It's a good time to reflect. It's a good time to catch up. But oftentimes, busy people never catch up. And I think we find this picture painted in Exodus chapter 18. If you're with me so far, say amen. I'm gonna read the first few verses. And Jethro, the priest of Midian, Moses' father-in-law, so circle Moses' father-in-law. He heard of all that God had done for Moses and for Israel, his people, and that the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took Zipporah, Moses' wife, after he had sent her back with her two sons, of whom the names of one was Gershom, for he said, I have been a stranger in a foreign land, and the name of the other was Eliezer, for he said, the God of my father was my help and delivered me from the word of Pharaoh. Verse five. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came with his sons and his wife to Moses in the wilderness, where he was encamped at the mountain of God. And he said to Moses, I, your father-in-law Jethro, am coming to you with your wife and her two sons with her. So Moses went out to meet his father-in-law, and he bowed down and kissed him, and they asked each other about their well-being, and they went into the tent. What we see in the first few verses of chapter 18 is a reunion. You know, not every family member enjoys a reunion. Some folks look forward to going to it, and some you have to drag to them. Uh, we have two in-laws. We have a daughter-in-law, Ashley, and a son-in-law, Kyle. I believe we are in a good relationship with Ashley. Sometimes I wonder about Kyle. He recently gave us a Christmas ornament that said, outlaws welcome, in-laws call first. There's a reunion that takes place in the first seven verses of, of Exodus 18. And listen to me. It's not just the reunion of Moses and his father-in-law. It appears to be the reunion of Moses and his wife and his boys. Most likely, they were removed from battle. They were put in a safe place, and now they're coming back to Moses. It's 
a matter of fact, when you look at this reunion, uh, a lot of times it helps us understand that uh, battles oftentimes are a good place or a bad place for families. What do you mean, Brother Greg? Sometimes families are fractured because of the battles of the past, something that happened back then. Families sometimes are fractured by pain that's so hard to get over. But here's the good news, and it's the picture of God bringing Moses' family back to him. The power of God can rescue any family. The power of God can touch any heart, and God's in the business of putting fractured things back together. Now, I love the way this conversation begins. Look at verse 8. And Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done to Pharaoh and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake, all the hardship that had come upon them on the way and how the Lord had delivered them. Here's the first thing I want you to jot down. A great way to have a conversation is to brag on Jesus. It's to brag on Jesus. And for some of us, that conversation is the last thing we think of when really it ought to be the place where we begin, amen? Now, I love the fact that uh, the father-in-law and the son-in-law get together and they brag on the Lord and what he's done. Now, it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. Uh, write, write this word down. Write the word rejoice. There's some rejoicing that takes place. The Bible says in verse 9, that Jethro rejoiced for all the good which the Lord had done for Israel. Boy, I tell you, sometimes as Christians, we can get selfish, can't we? Sometimes as churches, we can get selfish, and, and boy, we want to rejoice in all the, 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 the good things, and we'll pray for you in the negative things in your life and the hard things in life, but I'm telling you, anytime we hear anything good that God's doing anywhere, we ought to praise the Lord for one of the most disappointing things to me, and listen to me, this was all over the place, uh, the Asbury Revival, but about the first thing that came out was a bunch of skeptical preachers. I want to tell you something. When God moves, we ought to praise the Lord. We ought to praise the Lord. When we get to heaven, we're probably going to find out not everybody worshiped just like we did. When we get to heaven, we're going to find out that there's no denominational line above the door before you make your entrance. Folks, when we get to heaven, it'll be all because of Jesus. And anytime the conversation is about Jesus and Christ alone and the cross of Calvary, count me in. Count me in. You'll say, well, Brother Greg, what about heresy and all this? No, I'm not talking about foolishness. I'm talking about sincerity, lives that are changed, the Bible that's being preached, Christ and Christ alone. Amen? That's the good news. We can rejoice when we hear God doing something in other places. We can rejoice when we hear God doing something in other churches. We should rejoice when we hear of God doing something in other lives. I love that. I love that. But he just didn't rejoice. Look at verses 8 through 12 again. Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done, to Pharaoh and the Egyptians, all the hardship and how the Lord delivered them. And Jethro rejoiced for all the good which the Lord had done for Israel, whom he had delivered out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Jethro said, blessed be the Lord who has delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh. 
and has delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all the gods, for in the very thing in which they behaved proudly, he was above them. Hey, listen to me. Jethro's reminding them, we're not just gonna rejoice for what God has done. I wanna encourage you and remind you of how faithful God is. There's a lot of people in life running around claiming to believe in little g gods. But the God of Israel is, is who you're looking for. Folks, let me tell you something. America is in a mess. And based on what channel of television you watch will determine how big a mess you think it's in. And can I remind us this morning that the answer will not be in the next presidential election that the answer is in the Lord Jesus Christ. People are searching and people are looking and people are running from truth. And man, what a time for the church to be light in the darkness because people are wondering, people are looking, young people are searching. Children are asking. Thank God for encouragers. Man, what a father-in-law. Hey, I heard everything God's doing. Man, I'm proud of you. Thank God for it. Sometimes we as Christians take on the mentality, yeah, really. Oh, we're baptizing two this morning. That's, that's great. That's, that's real good. No, we're baptizing two whose lives have been redeemed by the cross of Calvary. We ought to be saying, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, rejoice, he says. I want to encourage in verses 8 through 12, but it leads to something. It leads to something. Uh, look at 12. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took a burnt offering and other sacrifices to offer to God. He not only rejoiced, he not only encouraged, he worshiped. He worshiped. And I'm telling you, when you talk about the Lord Jesus Christ, you can rejoice in what he's done if you're a Christian you can rejoice and he saved your soul. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Christ, let me tell you what that means. The kids that were baptized this morning did not trust that water to save them. That was a picture that Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection on the cross paid for their sin. They accepted that as a free gift. And that is good news. If you're here today and you're a Christian, you praise the Lord, you look back, you rejoice, you celebrate. You encourage other people, but you make sure you worship. You make sure you worship. So what takes place here? Verse 13. If you're with me, say amen. Verse 13. And so it was on the next day that Moses sat to judge the people. And the people stood before Moses from morning until evening. Circle that, morning until evening. So when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did for the people, he said, what is this thing you're doing for the people? Why do you alone sit and all the people stand before you from morning until evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a difficulty, they come to me and I judge between one and another and I make known the statutes of God and his laws. Jethro begins to notice something. He begins to ask some questions. Why do you do what you do? What exactly is going on? And Moses 
responds in Brother Greg translation, I'm just doing my job. I'm doing what they called me to lead. I'm dotting I's and crossing T's. And if you look at the very next verse, 17, Moses' father-in-law said to him, the thing that you do is not good. Now, some of the busiest people in life can be church people. And we can feel sometimes like we're stuck on the treadmill of doing and we're not sure how to get off. Do I jump? Uh, recently I saw a clip of something that was taking place uh, of folks who are riding in high-speed boats. And they think it's something to jump out of a high-speed boat and film it on video only to discover that there have been a number of young people who have been killed with broken necks jumping out of high-speed boats. Folks, let me tell you something. You don't have to jump off a high-speed treadmill when you're serving the Lord. You just have to recognize that there might be some wisdom that needs to be spoken into our lives this morning. And that's what Jethro is doing for somebody he loves. Let me give you a few uh, just basic things this morning. For those of you that are stuck on the treadmill of doing, how do you recognize that you're too busy? How do you recognize that you're too busy? Let me give you a few. First of all, you uh, realize that there comes a point in your life where worship and discipleship become a burden. It becomes an inconvenience to go to church. It becomes hard to go to a small group. It becomes a duty rather than a blessing. Folks, if that's me this morning, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. You'll say, well, Brother Greg, you, uh, we pay you to do this. And, and uh, folks, I, if I lived in Camden, I would be here this morning whether or not I was your pastor. We're going to worship the Lord. He is worthy of worship. But when we get to the point of it becomes a real price to pay, I'm too busy. We're good at Baptist. We're good at adding things. What's hard for us is taking things away, especially things that aren't producing any kind of spiritual fruit, but continuing to fill up a calendar or a clock. This morning, um, I, I asked the Alexa to, uh, somebody said a few weeks ago when I said Alexa in a message, their phone, it went off in their home. Uh, but I asked, what time is it? And we were disconnected. Check back later, check back later. And I walked into the kitchen and noticed our clocks were flashing. Our power had went out during the night. Listen to me, folks. If you want to see the power of your spiritual life begin to dim and lessen and lessen and lessen, you just forsake worship. You forsake the study of the Word of God. Don't be too busy for it. Here's another one. Oh, this one's going to hit home. If you're ready, say Say, I'm, I'm ready. Oh, and some of you are not ready. Social media seems more important than your Bible and prayer. Woo. Isn't it amazing how wonderful we look on social media? Sometimes people will compliment our church from a distance. 
And I'll say, if you only knew us, if you only knew us, just like every family, we spend so much time wondering and letting everybody know what we're doing or viewing what they're doing. And, and, and a lot of times our value and worth comes from what other people say about us. How do you recognize you're too busy? You're always in a hurry. Any of you always hurrying? You say, Brother Greg, I wasn't in a hurry until I hit the train. We understand that. How do you recognize you're too busy? Some are always stressed out. Man, when I'm in a hurry, I'm sitting at the steering wheel in the driveway tapping my watch looking for Renee. Okay? And here's, here's another true tale sign. Gospel conversations are the furthest thing from your mind. You're too busy if you're never able to talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. And I love the fact that when Jethro met Moses, the first thing they talked about, no doubt as that family uh, re, had that reunion together, was the fact of God's goodness and God's blessing and God's grace. Now, back in verse 18. He says, the thing you do is not good. Both you and these people who are with you will surely wear yourselves out. For this thing is too much for you. You're not able to perform it by yourself. Now, I don't know if Moses was already at the point where he felt like, I can't keep doing this. Or perhaps his pride had blurred the reality of what was taking place. But there's something here to be said of the counsel from Jethro that doesn't just affect Moses. Verse 18 says, both you and these people who are with you. You see, Moses' decision was going to limit the impact that Israel could have. Sometimes in our pride, we hold on to things we're not willing to let go of them. And God's saying, hey, let go. There are others who are ready. And you'll see that in just a few minutes. Verse 19 reminds us that God is speaking. And Jethro says, listen now to my voice. I will give you counsel, and God will be with you. Jethro is saying, I've got a word from the Lord. This is going to help you. Listen to the counsel, and here it is. We see the plan. You shall teach them the statutes and the laws, verse 20, and show them the way in which they must walk and the work that they must do. Moreover, you shall select from all the people able men such as all who fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. And let them judge the people at all times. Then it will be that every great matter that they shall bring to you, but every small matter they themselves shall judge. So it will be easier for you, for they will bear the burden with you. Here's the plan. We're in this together. We're gonna work together. As a matter of fact, folks, it's fence post ministry. It's fence post ministry. You'll say, Brother Greg, you haven't said anything about last week. I will at the end. You mark it down. 
But he says, listen to me, I have a word from the Lord. Here's the plan. You handle the great matters, let the people handle everything else. You handle the great matters, let the people handle everything else. Bear the burdens together. Write this down somewhere. Don't tune out godly counsel. Some of the best counsel I've ever received if you're a pastor have been a group around me. Or those deacons saying, let's pray about it, we're with you. Let's think about that. You know the Bible says in Deuteronomy 32, 28, for they are a nation void of counsel. I'm telling you, America doesn't wanna listen to anybody. We think we're so self-sufficient. The Bible says, nor is there any understanding in them. The Bible says in Joshua chapter nine, the one who watches Moses, the one who follows Moses, then the men of Israel took some of the provisions, but they did not ask counsel of the Lord. Make sure we listen to godly counsel. Um, I can remember a time uh, growing up, my, dad, my dad's a real green thumb, uh, landscaper, uh, yard has always been immaculate my whole life. And back in the day, the worst thing I hated to do was trim. Young people, listen to me. Because back in the day, weed eaters were not invented yet. So in essence, Fred gave me a pair of scissors to trim the yard. Cody, laugh at it. Laugh at us. Go ahead. How many are with me? Raise your hand. And... Uh, and it used to kill me to do that because he worked second shift, so he'd mow in the morning, you know, and then my job was to trim, and I can still see myself. Like, it wasn't like, it was like one, two, three. And our, our basketball, our garage was detached, and we had a ball court there. And I could see my friend, Mike Hurst's house, about five or six houses up the road, and I could see his ball court. And one day, I was trimming, but I stopped and I just looked and lo and behold, there was Mike going. So I thought, well, dad will be going to work in just a little bit. I'll do this later. So I got up to Mike's house and started playing and all of a sudden I thought, sound like somebody hollering. And I looked down back to our house and my dad is going. And I got down there and this is what I heard before the spanking, the whipping. This is going to hurt me a lot worse than it hurts you. <laughs> now, let me, let me preface this very clearly. Listen carefully. There is a big difference in discipline and abuse. My parents disciplined me to get my attention. My parents disciplined me to get me on the right road, not the wrong road. You know what my dad was teaching me that day? You can go play ball when you finish your job. I, I reminded him of that story recently. I said, oh, Dad, yeah, the famous words, this is gonna hurt me worse than it hurts you. But in essence, for a parent who loves her kids, you know exactly what he's talking about. What are you saying, Brother Greg? Sometimes we need advice. And we need to be open to it. Uh, number three, Jethro's advice reminds us that all criticism isn't bad. He's saying what you're doing is not good, and it's going to affect you, and it's going to affect the people. 
and, and you're going to wear everybody out. I, I don't think Moses saw what Jethro was pointing out. Why? Because he was stuck on the treadmill of doing, Cody. We've talked about this, haven't we? And if we're not doing, then the church doesn't think we're doing our job. But the truth is, the New Testament church is not about one person doing the job. It's about a team, the body of Christ. Amen? Coming together and for the glory of God. And you, using your spiritual gift, whatever that is, for the glory of God. And I'm telling you, last Sunday, I saw all of those things in play. I saw all of those things in play. Uh, from the planning, the months of planning, to the last table that was put away and the last trash can that was emptied. God calls us all to serve for his glory. And from time to time, when I'm criticized, instead of getting defensive, maybe I just need to listen and ask the Lord to help me. You see, Jethro was saying, if you don't get help, you will wear out and you'll underserve the people. But there are some that are just waiting to be asked. The nominating committee is, is getting in gear. Some of you may be asked to serve. Some of you will not be asked to serve because every time you are asked to serve, you say no. So, so we've got to move on. But maybe this is the time God's calling you to say, okay, I'll use my gift. I'll be willing for God to use me and for his glory. Amen? So part of the plan really begins to unfold. Verse 20. And you shall teach them the statutes and the law. You must teach them. Number four, to bring others to help us, we've got to be willing to be intentional. Intentional. You've got to teach them. Uh, I love to learn by somebody showing me how to do something, especially you guys that are mechanical. Uh, I noticed Tim. You know when Tim sings with that microphone? Let's just act like this, mic this is a microphone. I think he claps. Do you clap with your left hand and hold the mic with your right? The other way? Okay, he clapped right. So Tim holds the mic like this. Have you ever noticed he claps like effort effortlessly? When he sings, And I, and I figured it out over all these years. Most of you know Tim's a mason by, by trade. He's used to holding the brick and putting the mortar in. And, and, and listen, that's Tim being Tim. And, and, and those of you that are skilled in things, it, it helps me when I am intentionally focused on, here's how you do it. For instance, I had a dream, I, I think I'm still dreaming, that Cody was on the stage playing the bass guitar. As a matter of fact, an interesting bass guitar. I thought he was going to sing Mela Kaliki Maka. Uh, that's something in Hawaiian, Merry Christmas in Hawaiian. It's a ukulele piece. Uh, but somebody taught Cody, and he's learned how to do that. He was intentional. But this doesn't stop there. And teach them the statutes of the law. Listen, and show them the way. And show them the way. You know what that tells me? It's got to be instructive. Not just intentional. You've got to show them. Listen to me, young parents. Are you teaching your kids the importance of worship? 
in your own family? Are you teaching them? Are you leading them? Are you praying for them? And it doesn't stop there because it's one thing to, to see it and to, and to know about it, but the Bible says in verse 22, and then let them judge the people at all times. It's to be interactive. You're to give them some authority, give them some access. If you wanna bring others to help, you've gotta be willing to show them and teach them and allow them. And he says, you allow them to take care of, of this stuff and you handle the big and I'll bless you and I'll help you and you'll be able to handle the journey. You know the access of letting people speak into your lives can help you serve more effectively? Um, Chuck Swindoll said he used to gather some pastors around him and they had, they had, uh, they had uh, permission to ask him anything. That's, that's, that can be hard. Some of the questions were, have you been in the Bible like you should be this week? Have you been in prayer as a man of God like you should be this week? Have you looked at anything this week you should not have looked at? Fourth question was, have you lied about anything I just asked you? You see, when we're accountable, it can help us serve more effectively, recognizing that we don't have to get stuck on this treadmill of doing. And I'm telling you, we can be as busy as anybody. We, I mean, we can plan a meeting for you if you want one. But what we've come to learn is that oftentimes, it's not a meeting we need, it's a, it's a meeting with God, it's a prayer meeting. It's a prayer meeting. Most of you know what happens here at 5.30 on Wednesday nights. I wanna ask you to think about God allowing you to come be part of it. You say, Brother Greg, I, I, I wouldn't know how to pray if I came. How do, we do it differently. Sometimes we pray for the pew you're sitting on. The pew you're sitting on has been prayed for. Uh, the other night, we had the men, we had a good group. The men went one way, the women did, and we, we prayed in those kind of circles. But we'll help you. No one's gonna ask you to stand up the microphone and pray out loud. We'll help you. But unless it's intentional, folks, it's not gonna happen. Unless we don't have instruction, we don't know what to do. And God's called us to be interactive for his glory. Here's what I love about Jethro in this story. He gives him good advice and says, here's how you get off the treadmill of doing. And you don't have to be harmed as you get off and you don't have to harm everybody else. Recognize that you're not in it by yourself. That God's called us to serve together. And God's called us to lead together. And God's called us to be on mission together. And he's called us to this wonderful, delightful little southwest Ohio town called Camden. Maybe some could say, can anything good come from Camden? Let me have the Jethro Moses conversation with you. Boy, I heard God's done some great things. I heard God's on the move in a little town. He is, amen. Uh, a lot of times, you'll introduce yourself to somebody, and they'll say, oh, yeah, Camden, that's where the Football Hall of Fame is. No, it's not. That's a diagonal across the state from where that is. Can God do anything in a small place? He sure can. Can God, God do anything in your family? He sure can. Can God do anything in your heart? He sure can. And he wants to. And he wants to. 
Man, I loved our Bible school week this year. It was just good. Nothing fancy. Blood, sweat, and tears. And God's faithful. God's faithful. I want you to bow your head, every, every head bowed, every eye closed. And I'm gonna ask you a question. This morning we had tremendous response to this, so let's see what God wants to do. If you're sitting in this room this morning and you could say, Brother Greg, you are preaching to me about being too busy. I feel like I'm stuck on the treadmill of doing. Would you pray for me? I want you to raise your hand right now. Leave it up just for a second. Amen, you can put them down. Hands in every section. Hands in every section. In just a minute, we're gonna sing, turn your eyes upon Jesus. And I'm gonna ask those of you that raised your hand when we stand to just keep on moving and come right here to me at the floor. And we're gonna have a time of prayer together as a group, asking God for our hearts to receive good counsel today, that we don't have to be stuck on the treadmill of doing. And I'm gonna pray for you. So in a moment when we stand, I'm just gonna ask you to keep on moving and come on. Maybe you're here today and you've never given your life to Christ. And you saw these baptized and you're thinking, you know what, I've never done that. But it does seem like God is knocking on my heart. Preacher, what do I need to do today? Well, you need to place your faith in what he did for you that Jesus died on the cross. You pray that in your heart. Dear Lord, thank you for dying on the cross. And I place my faith in you today and in you alone. Would you come into my heart and forgive me of my sin? Thank you for loving me. Thank you for your death, burial, and resurrection. Help me to serve you the rest of my life. So, Lord, thank you for hearing prayer. Thank you for loving us. Help us to respond now. In Jesus' name, amen. As we stand, if you're one of those on the treadmill of doing, come on right now. Meet me on the floor. If you prayed to give your life to Christ, you come today. You come to me. Come directly to me. We'll rejoice with you. Let's sing. So
want you to bow your heads, everybody. I want to make sure, is everybody that's coming forward here in this group, is it about doing? Has anybody given their life to Christ? Amen. Amen. Let's gather in here tight together. Come on. Lord, I thank you for your word, and we thank you that you have what we need in our lives. So this is just a, a part of the church family, and maybe some still standing. God, that we recognize we need some help. Where do we get off? And we recognize it's at the foot of the cross. So Lord, I pray for each one that has come today, that you would slow us down, that you'd help us take a deep breath and recognize that we can serve you and we can do that with joy in our heart and it's not robbed by the mentality of doing. Lord, help us to be the men and women of God, the young people, the teenagers that you've called us to be. Help us to live for you. Help us to start every congregation bragging on you. Help us, Lord, to, to look back and recognize that sometimes folks can Add, add to my life and they can give me good counsel that I need and help me to apply it. So Lord, let this be a new day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you all for coming. Thank you. Of course, turn your, turn your eyes. God bless you for being here. I know we have a number of guests. We're so glad that you've come today. As Cody mentioned, we have offering boxes in the back of the church inside the doors here. If you'll drop that tear off there, it'll make sure we get a record of your visit, and we're glad you're here. Thank you for your faithful giving throughout the summer. Now, on behalf of last week, I tried to summarize it a little bit with a few words in the bulletin, but that's certainly insufficient. Thank you so much for everything you've done for us uh, we got home and opened up that card to find a $10,000 check in it last week. And uh, that generosity is uh, overwhelming and uh, appreciated, but overwhelming. And uh, thank you for everything you've done for us. Uh, and uh, last week was a day, Renee and I will never forget. We'll take that to heaven with us. 
and the fact that you let my family be part of it and old friends, and then the big meal that was wonderful. Just thank you for, to everybody for everything you've done. And uh, I'm honored and praise the Lord for it. And it's time to move forward. And the, and the Brother Greg show is over. And uh, we go forward, amen? So thank you for everything and your generosity. Um, am, I, am I forgetting anything? Okay. Cody? Don't you appreciate this guy? I, I pick at him, but he is a good sport, amen? If he ever starts crying on me during the service, I'll quit. But uh, hey, won't you close us in prayer? And if somebody's here that you, you don't know, introduce yourself, okay? Introduce yourself, and I wanna make one statement before we leave, and I hope that you hear it crystal clear. Loves everything about the dinner, the decorations, all of it. But make sure that Gene Foley knows I am still an Ohio State Buckeye fan. Hey, uh, we loved every minute of it. Hey, did I see Shirley Rudder back here somewhere? Shirley, give Shirley a good welcome back. Seem like, seem like I noticed a few. Don't let me miss somebody. All right, well, praise the Lord. And Cody, you close us, okay? All right. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for a wonderful day, a wonderful worship service, Lord. Uh, many hearts and, and lives have been touched by this word this morning. Lord, help us to rely not upon ourselves doing, Lord, but upon what has been done on the cross. Lord, because of that, we can... Um, freely look about ways that we can, uh, again, just do less, trust more upon you, and, and help that message to sink deep in this congregation today, that they can rely upon you, Lord, and what you've done. And we can, as a team, work together as a church uh, and, and in our families and in our personal lives to cling more to you and let you lead us in our lives, Lord. So thank you for the word this morning. I pray for each life here as they go about their week that you lead them to some soul throughout the week, someone that doesn't know the gospel. Lord, give them the boldness to, to, to proclaim the truth to that person this week. And Lord, we ask you to bring us back next week safely. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.